Hi, this is Bob Weiss. I'm the host of Shaking Your World. Cheers. Welcome once again to another episode of Shaking Your World at Shakers. This is one of the After Dark series, and today we are talking about cigars and spirits, but not the ghostly type. We're talking about alcohol this time. A couple of very good friends of the house. We've got Joel and Aaron with us tonight. Hello, thank and, you. And uh, what Hello. really cements this me is not just the fact these guys really are into cigars and into fine rums and whiskeys, but they too have been in Cuba, which really sets everything to a much different level. Gentlemen, a cheers first and cheers. Uh, cheers. healthy toast. Welcome. Thank you, Bob. We're drinking a little Cuban rum. This is a Havana Club. Delicious. It is, it is delicious. Very delicious. Is this the uh, the seven year or what is this? Is the no, anejo? This is the, oh, anejo. This is the anejo. This is yeah. yes, delicious. Huh? Cool. So who wants to start talking about whatever you want to start talking about? When well, did you begin smoking cigars? How's that? Well, for me, it was probably about 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, I, I yeah, a dozen. Probably somewhere in there. It's a dozen years. I. I was a. Uh, I was a senior in high school, and for uh, for jazz band, we would uh, smoke cigars afterwards. Ah, and there okay. was a company in Milwaukee called Gargoyle that made these hand-wrapped green cigars, and uh, they quit like in 1991, right before the cigar explosion took off. <laughs> Oops. And just two brothers wrapped up shop. Big Milwaukee mistake. was well-known for wrapping tobacco at one point, and... Oh, wow. uh, that was that's how I began, and then throughout college, and I smoked a pipe like Slowinski for a while, and uh, I just went back to cigars. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'd, yeah. I guess I'd say probably a dozen to fifteen years, and I I was thinking about that actually on the way over here. I, I don't know what really started it. Probably just other friends that were dabbling with cigars and so forth, and just uh, develop a palate and go from there, and you try new things, and yeah, next thing you know, you have a lot of money stuff. So Sunk into it, and you have a huge uh, humidor and traveling around to go see tobacco fields. So. <laughs> well, you actually inspired us uh, to go to Cuba because you had been there several times when I asked you about it, and you said it really wasn't as difficult as everybody thought it was would be to get there. So Joel and I kind of kicked around the idea. My wife wanted to go. There was a sporting event that we wanted to go see. I talked to you about it, and it really wasn't that much of a pain in the butt at all to get down there. I mean, what was it, a total of four and a half hours of flights and we were there? Something like that, yeah, a little layover. Oh, and it was just an amazing experience. And a whole different world, wasn't it? Completely different world. No advertising, no not, I mean, it's really like you took a step back in time. I think I I guess I'll ask this question because I think all of us have done fairly some extensive traveling. I think it's always the... The fear of the unknown that uh, inhibits you from really going somewhere. Maybe you don't feel like uh, either the language barrier or something like that or whatever. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Actually, my expectations were exceeded at Q- in Cuba. Mine too, I yeah. didn't really know what to expect. Maybe my expectations were low. I don't know. But um, it was an incredible, incredible trip. I'd like to go back. Cool. Well, we should do that. But right now we're drinking this rum. You guys drink. A decent amount of whiskey when you're here, mm-hmm. primarily bourbons now. Right? Yep, yep. So how did that juxtapose, or how did that begin, or what's going on with that? Well, I'll say this. I, uh, you have increased my palate for uh, rum. I never was much of a rum guy prior, but however, I didn't have many good rums either, I suppose. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you credit there. I did not have a lot of, uh, in, you know, a lot of... Uh, 
feelings yes. with rum that was mm-hmm. good rum to, that weren't just a rum and coke or something like that when yeah. you were growing up, you know. So yeah, this I would is, credit you with some of the this pulls it rums. out of the water. I mean, because you mentioned Havana Club when we went down there to Cuba. I mean, that's what we did every day. Mm-hmm. Let's try a new bottle of mm-hmm. Havana Club. Yeah, and and relatively, at least when you're in Cuba, inexpensive. Mm-hmm. It goes from seven dollars to probably the yeah. high end stuff is maybe forty bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but delicious, mm-hmm. delicious. Cool. So, please. So well, do you? So do you? Uh, in, you obviously have more experience than we do. You have. Do you see similarities for yourself in with your own tastings between rum and and bourbon? Do you find? Yeah, you know, my common th- ground there. I guess my thing is uh, as as a chef and as a you know longtime professional lush, I suppose I I look for different nuances than probably just most people do. But there are real common chords that take place between a really good rum and a really good bourbon. So it's part of the aging characteristic from the barrel. It's also the way that the right person is making or distilling that product, but it's just got more depth to it, I think, than a lot of cocktails or a lot of spirit options do. Hmm. Um, And it just, especially with cigars, man, it just has the right layers and it just works so well together as if they're really designed for each other in so many ways. Absolutely. I I agree with that, yeah. We figured that out each night. We'd go (laughs) retreat to our third story deck and we'd have our new bottle of uh, Havana Club, and we'd grab a Cuban cigar from that day. Oh, I, I tell you, it was 70 degrees. There was no bugs. There was nothing. It was just... And always beautiful. Like, the roof, the rooftop was, you know, you had, like, the Capitol Dome in the distance yep. and, uh, you know, beautiful sunsets and stuff. It was... Yeah, and uh, you're right, though. The, the cigars coupled with that rum. Oh, just amazing. What about the food down there? Uh, they don't like to use a lot of spices. We found some good food, but yeah. you know what? I, I think spices are rare down there. So, I, and that's a that's a luxury to them. So, a lot of pork. I mean, anyway, you could rarely find beef. Um, seafood, but, uh, seafood, seafood. You could find uh, here and there, uh, but the food was good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as here. You have so many options here. Uh, but I thought the food, Joel. What did you think? I thought the food was good. Uh, the food, I think. Again, I think Thank like you. the seafood and so forth was was sort of the highlight for me. Um, obviously, vegetables are probably a little harder to come by down there. I, th- I didn't think like the vegetable side was probably as good as some of the, the main course necessarily. But um, I wasn't disappointed. It wasn't like it was a no a, a buzzkill for no. me that the uh-uh. food wasn't uh, and incredibly inexpensive. Very, very, inexpensive. very, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we found, actually, I remember commenting about this. It, it was very interesting to see the difference between, like, the private restaurants and the government-run restaurants that were had no one in them. And I don't know that we ever went to any. We uh, had coffee at that one. And the one, I think yeah. that was about it. Um, yeah. So I was, I'm kind of curious what the food is like in those. But um, everyone that we went to, the, the food was, again, yeah, reasonably priced. And I had plenty to eat. It wasn't like it was... You were shortchanged and all. At yeah, all, well, so. you, you get a lot of starch, that's for sure, at yeah. the uh, government joints. So, you know, <laughs> beans and rice are everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, these are mojitos, and the uh, I guess we'll call this a national drink of Cuba made by Brianna. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure a lovely job as usual. So, again, this is a drinking show, so let's drink. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Let's drink. Yeah, cheers. cheers. It's almost like Havana weather out there right now. <laughs> almost. That's delicious. Yeah, very good. So what are you guys smoking tonight? Well, my next one is going to be the Hoya de Monterey Epic Care number two. Straight, Love those. Straight from the motherland. I, I think Aaron and I are on the same wavelength there since uh, I also have an Epic Care number two. 
Uh, but I have a couple other Cuban selections that are here also. I have a, uh, I have a uh, Cohiba, and I've got, I forget what the other one was. Oh, a uh, Quite Orsay is yeah. also. So. Cool. Uh, Bob, you? What are you smoking? Uh, I've got a little sip of Monte Cristo number two, okay. uh, kind of my standard uh, lately. Excellent. They're excellent. But I've got, uh, I've got dozens of other things downstairs we could play with too. What I like about cigars is uh, that there's so many different qualities that go on, but they're give you the opportunity to uh, kick back a little bit, enjoy a day, just enjoy what you're doing in your environment. Take some of the rush off. I yeah. think that's important. But Cuban cigars, to me at least, are so much more because the layers of flavor, the balance, just keep going and going. And there's occasionally a Cohiba in particular that's kind of tightly wrapped or something, but other than that, I think they're just they're sublime. Yeah, they've got it down. I mean, they've been making them longer than anybody else. They've just... I, I agree, I, and I think that, uh, like with everything, variety is good. Um, I think I would take it one step further. I, I, I think that they are a good uh, complement to other cigars from other regions, and that you really start to see the, the differences that, obviously, the region imparts to flavor in the tobacco leaf. So, uh, I agree with you. They are a unique flavor in their own. Well, we have a, uh, a mutual friend who uh, smokes only Opus X, and, uh, <laughs> and to, uh, to my thought, to a fault, because he's missing so much about these things. missing a lot. But, again, that's the beautiful thing about cigars, is that you can strike up a conversation with anybody and find some commonality, and I think more so than being on a golf course or something like that, because I've been at those gigs as well, I, I think there are more deals that are done in cigar bars, you can sit down, enjoy a cigar, just sit around in, in Cuba or somewhere else having a coffee yeah. on the corner, smoking a cigar, you gotta make a conversation with someone, male or female, and it just, it's a whole different level than if you're just, you what, know, gassing somewhere what else. Was the, what was the cigar we had the, the morning we left Havana uh, in the, oh, in the, the restaurant? the coffee shop? Yeah, so we had a, it was a deal, you bought a coffee, you got a cigar It was a yeah. deal, and it was a machine-made cigar, <laughs> but, um, I forget what it was, but yes, it was it was it was five bucks, and I think you got a fresh Cuban, <laughs> a fresh yeah. cup of Cuban coffee, yeah. and a cigar with it for five dollars. And it was it was sort of a, wow. it was actually a uh, a roaster. It was a coffee. Yeah, they roasted they roasted it right the coffee there, there. Yeah. but uh, similar kind of you know wood floors and sort of lay, uh, so similar uh, layout to shakers in a way. And it was just you know where else you couldn't do that here, you know. Yeah. I mean, and a Cuban yeah. coffee, my God, it was oh, fantastic. Delicious. Yeah, unbelievable. Definitely a difference. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roasted and made for you right there. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. Uh, your, well, oh, your you two love for Cuban cigars. What do you think the embargo and the relative unavailability of them plays toward? Uh, your, your liking of them. Do you think that's a factor at all or no? I think that um, my liking them is probably independent of that. I do think that as just because I look for different things in the palate of every, everything I touch, whether it's a beer or anything else. And so I, I look for more in a cigar and I think that that will continue to go forward. I think that a lot of people that are attracted to Cuban cigars, like anything else is contraband, want it because it's contraband. Yeah, you can't right. get them or something like that. But I think that, you know, as I've just known you guys for the eight or ten years, whatever it's been, as you, you drink more, you eat more, you experience more things, you really solidify your, your taste palate for getting more into Cuban cigars as well. So I think there's a natural evolution there. The more you expose this up, the more these things really taste good. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And the question comes up all the time, are Cuban cigars really that much better? People say that all the time. Right. And I, I don't know exactly how to answer that. They're different. They've got, what I tell them every time I can answer is, 
They've got it down. They know what they're doing. I've never had a bad Cuban cigar. Not one. Some I've liked more than others, but never a bad one. Like you said, maybe one out of a hundred will draw tight or something like that. But they've got, I mean, it. Well, I would say because of the quality that has improved so much in Cuba. I mean, they had a really down time when, when they separated from Russia, couldn't get fertilized, their times were tough. They had like five or six really bleak years there. But after that point, I think they've really picked up their game tremendously, which influenced people like A.J. Fernandez, yeah. who makes exquisite cigars. Yeah, great cigar, cigar, right? Yes. And there's, there's some similar kind of uh, climatic conditions taking place. Volcanic, volcanic soil, rather, is right. it's very similar. But the, the, the Cubans still, I think, have the edge up. It's just that A.J. is making just great products now. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, to kind of expand on that, I know Aaron and I have talked about this, like, should... It'd be full open market for Cuban cigars in America. I wonder if how that would impact production and quality, and if they try to sort of bump up production and then that suffers because of it. Well, my econ courses were a while ago, but I would suggest that once it is legal, at some point it will be, that prices are going to go up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People ta- ask us. Taxation, of course, right? Right. People ask us too, what, you know, since we were just in Cuba in November. Can you get a deal on Cuban cigars right. down there? Can you get a deal? There's no deal to be had down there. Nope. There's no deal at all. They know what they've got. It's government control. Government yeah. sets the price. And yeah. we went into maybe seven or eight different stores while we were down there. The price was exactly the same at every store we went to. So, and there's no bargaining with them. Nope. If they allow you to bargain, you're not getting a real Cuban cigar. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. that's the price is the price. <laughs> Those guys that come back from Jamaica or Mexico right. time, right. five bucks a stick, they're fantastic. <laughs> Look at this price. Well, they're not Cuban. <laughs> right. Whatever right. they might be, they're certainly not Of course, the beautiful Cuba. thing is is that if there's a, a shop that you don't particularly care for in Old Havana, you walk about two more blocks and you're going to find another, another Casa yeah. de Habano that's going to sell you cigars. Yep. So right. right. There's no shortage. Yeah. <laughs> we the, you told us to go to the place La Floridita. Mm-hmm. When we first got down there, I think that was the first one we went to. Yeah. And we walked in that humidor. Yeah. And they don't even really have to have a humidor because the climate is always like this. Right. Yeah. 80 degrees and humid. But we walked in and it was, uh, I don't know, 5,000 boxes of Cuban cigars. Uh, and we, uh, Joel and I literally looked at each other and went, oh my God. And that actually crazy. wasn't, remember that actually wasn't a, I don't want to say real, that's not the right, it wasn't like an actual uh, Casa del Habano no. shop. It's one of these authorized private right, stores private that we one, found yeah. that out later. That was actually not a Yeah, Irma's had Hemingway's Hangout, I think yep. that yep. was. Yeah, but it was gorgeous, beautiful in there. And they had a Mana Club rum that you could buy one-stop shop. You could buy them both yeah. there. And it was only two blocks from our house. So. And we did. <laughs> two or three blocks. <laughs> Pretty cool. So cigars from other places, man. We've exhausted. Well, we, we could never exhaust Cuban cigars, but let's move on somewhere else. So... Uh, Dominicans, Hondurans, Nicaragua, Cameroon. Um, I guess I'll, I'll jump in on this one. I guess I, I uh, I'm now this is the second trip now I've been able to take sort of cigar related. I went to Honduras for uh, uh, a different manufacturer that uh, and their tour of their factory stuff. Which and I, I think we've sort of touched on it earlier. If there's something you're really passionate about, whether it's cigars or you know cars or whatever, um, you know, immersing yourself in the, uh, the process really drives home kind of the specialness of what you're, whatever you're dealing with. And um, I, unfortunately, we were supposed to go to Nicaragua for part of that tour, and we didn't. But um, I'm a big fan of Nicaraguan cigars. Like You mentioned A.J. Fernandez, but uh, other ones, too. I, I think they're as good as any other one, frankly, as far as flavors. Um, and uh, so I, I'm – but Dominican is good. I'm, you know, I'm a 
non-Cuban. One of my favorites is the uh, Arturo Fuente Anejos. It's one of my all-time favorites. So um, certainly, I think it sort of gets back to what I was saying. Like, certainly Cuba is, is sort of the holy grail of cigars, but there's, it, it complements all the other ones from around the world, too, that are just as good, I think. Absolutely. So, you know, we all get, I'm sure, uh, our share of guff from people from time to time who don't appreciate cigars. And uh, even those wankers who are smoking cigarettes are pissed off about the cigars because the, uh, the aroma, perhaps. And yet, in my way, in my world at least, they're, they're so much, they're natural. They're, they're, they smell good. They taste yeah. good. They're wonderful. I suppose the, you know, the cancer sticks, the... Uh... Yeah. I love well, the smell of a good cigar. You really see I a difference the, in the, the quality smell. of tobacco. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I mean, and so it's... You're right. A lot of the harshness is not there. There's not the uh, There's no chemicals, the, the acrid flavor or smoke. You know, ketones, so, aldehydes, whatever. Yeah, 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 right. So, you know, you, and really, let's get down to it. Which the the cost of tobacco, what you're paying for, is time. You're paying for time. It's yeah. aging process and right. ferment, fermentation process and so forth. That's what you pay for. So, what's your favorite bourbon? If I had to pick one. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I think I, I tried some George T. Stagg the other day, and Mike gave me a, a small uh, vial of George T. Stagg, and that was just knock your socks off. But I'm not willing to pay four or five hundred dollars for a bottle of bourbon. But it was delicious. <laughs> uh, mine, like of the rare hard, uh, I like Elmer T. Lee. Um, probably not quite as elite as some of the other ones, but uh, it's a favorite of mine. Um, what's the one from uh, Mike's also big into that one it's, it's there from uh, Tennessee um, Bell Me is, is one of oh, my favorites yeah. too uh, Bell Me is really nice yeah. not so rare obviously right. but uh, they have a, a cask strength I think it's called or cask aged yeah. uh, which I think is delicious so um, it's weird because you can get Bell Mead in Minnesota next door but you can't get Bell Mead here yeah <laughs> so, right uh, that quirky Wisconsin yeah, yeah. right yeah. right and you? Yeah, I go in and out quite a bit with this, and because I, you know, I'm a kid in a candy store, I can taste anything here. Um, and, and I've been, I've been drinking Blattens lately. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, part of that, I suppose, that we stocked up very heavily for the DNC, which is now going to be a shadow of itself. So sounds like not it, to yeah. say that I'm overstocked on this, but we've got ample amounts enough so that I can drink it from time to time. Sure. So. It is delicious. In fact, we should have one here at some point because <laughs> like it's that, that kind of a show. Um, <laughs> just, just to make do sure the more, more. flavors are working here. Yeah. I like this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do it again. But um, So what I'm thinking is that uh, we should talk about something else that you really enjoy at Shakers for food that has worked well with the cigars. You've been at cigar dinners and things like that. So ah. uh, is there experience that stands out in your mind with something? Well, your last dinner, the, the Father's Day dinner, was out of this world, out of this world. I told you I, right after I said this may be my favorite one. Would that be the brisket? The brisket, the chicken fried steak was phenomenal, and the shrimp. I'm telling you, everybody thought the next course was better than the last. I mean, huh. it was just phenomenal. Unfortunately, I missed the last one. I guess so. I, I can't comment on that one, but I still remember one of the first ones that we came to as one of my favorites. It had uh, the. Portobello mushroom oh. with the blue cheese on it, crusted on top. It was like oh, it was like eating it was like eating yeah. a steak, uh, and then I think there was like was it quail with that dinner also? Um, that was pretty good. I think that might, I think that was that dinner. 
I, I thought that was this, the next one. Did we have one? ribeye with the one with the portobello? Well, oh, that could be. That could be. I mean, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. 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 But, but you're uh, right. That was awesome. Yeah. I still that one still that mushroom stands out in my head. I don't. I don't know why. Amazing. Uh, we we try not to miss a dinner. <laughs> Thank you. They are good. They are very good. Well, we had a uh, full house this last thing on uh, last week Friday. As oh, well. you did. We did. Cajun. We did. Uh, Cajun. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, actually. Paul's boar was uh, part of that. Oh, really? Yeah, well, okay. a small part of Paul's boar because uh-huh. that's a lot of boar that Paul <laughs> well, when you got. When you take a couple of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you plan to or not, I guess. Right. Our next thing up is the uh, Jamaican dinner. So um, I got some cool little things. I, I bought this uh, from Cuba. I don't know if you saw them there, but it's a china box. It's about four feet by two feet by about two feet. And that's what they use for hundreds of years now. Ever since the railroads came through to uh, to roast meat, oh, so it can oh. smoke as well. It's just got this great depth of flavor. It's slow and sm- and slow. And the, the, what separates this is that the heat source is on top, so it's not ambient. It's not on the bottom. Everything's on top. So you load this up. You got your fat cap and your brisket uh-huh. and everything uh-huh. else like yeah. on the board uh-huh. on top. And it just over the course of the next eight or ten hours just melts through that. It is so incredibly succulent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. With Sounds a real nice delicious. bark handle as well. Yeah. Huh. So we're gonna use that for uh, for the goat that we're doing, traditional Jamaican style. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be curry goat. Okay. And uh, I've got these this beautiful high end spit that uh, Dr. Batuziak had ah, made. Ah, okay. And I've got uh, thirty birds. So we're doing half a chicken per person. So we've got thirty of these that'll be spinning around. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's all jerked, and a pepper pot soup, and then of course the jerk ice cream that uh, oh. probably will get back in the marketplace. So, oh, there you go. As well, word, it should. Yeah. Heard yeah. about that? You know, as as restaurants are going through this, we're open, we're closed, we're open and closed kind of thing, and and it's likely that the state of Wisconsin is going to shut down things again after the DNC. That's pretty much the objective of the country. That uh, I'm probably going to relaunch my line of sauces that were at one point sold internationally because. Real easy to work with, so it's like a one-pan cooking kind of thing. Anybody can do this. You're stuck at home sure. anyway. You're looking for something different. Well, I got that thing. <laughs> so along with that, we're probably going to relaunch that ice cream, which is just exquisite because oh. it's hot, it's spicy, it's delicious, cool, yeah. refreshing, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. So covers, covers a gamut. I think of flavors. There. <laughs> Didn't Paulie want a five-gallon bucket of that? One? <laughs> <laughs> could, could be. Could be. Could be. Yeah. So I have a question for you. What's yeah. your favorite uh, meal to make? What do you What do you enjoy the most? I really enjoy seafood, and part of that is because I like seafood, and part of that is because you don't often get seafood done right in the upper Midwest. Sure. And at least not ocean fish. Um, understandably, right? People don't have experience working with things. So I, I had the, the luxury of spending some time in the Caribbean where I was exposed to different fish and different seafood and the different cooking processes, and I brought it back up here. Yeah. In fact, when I opened Shakers in 1986, my intent was not to be cooking at all, but I couldn't find people to cook my menu. Uh-huh. So then I got myself stuck in the kitchen again, something <laughs> I said I would never do, and here we are you know, three decades later, and I'm still stuck in the kitchen. <laughs> but we knocked out some shark today, so we did... Uh, I first showed people how to make a, a jam and jerk. That's going to be on an upcoming video, and then I showed them how to make a, a jerk shark with that. But you could jerk pork or sure jerk rather anything you want. Yeah. So the shark uh, was delicious. Thank you. Thank delicious. You. Huh. Interesting. So about this COVID thing, we'll spend just a moment on this because it's it's everywhere, right? It's pervasive. It's influencing everything that we do in life now. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, it's difficult. I think I. 
I think all three of us have not had COVID or have experienced uh, symptoms of COVID. It's very challenging. It's very difficult for those of us who haven't had it to understand or, or to do like the, the mask thing. And, and you know, I, I, I don't wear masks. You know, I, people can think what they want about that, I guess. I don't know. But um, I don't, I'm not sick. I don't feel sick. I don't have any symptoms. It's like, so it's very hard to like kind of, it's frustrating when you want to sort of get on with life and do things that aren't available because things are shut down. Mm-hmm. So um, I find the whole thing very frustrating, to be honest with you. I don't know. Yeah, and I'll piggyback off of that. You know, with my wife and I in our jobs, it nothing changed. We still had to go to work every day. So to do the same job, um, I get it. It's serious. Uh, I, I don't doubt its seriousness. It's just, like Joel said, it's hard to grasp the, the severity of it when it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't affect us, but it, we don't see it. No immediate. There's no immediate immediacy in your. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just. It, I think part of it too is that you don't really know so much. Like, it's hard now with anything, not just COVID or any other, but even everything else that's going on now. It's like you don't even know if you're getting a real story about something, you know. And it's like it's hard to know where to go to get the real answers. And so it seems like there's just a lot of disinformation out there because people maybe either have an agenda or they just honestly believe something and then that becomes a narrative and things are pushed along and i can't concur with you more and i think that that's really what's taking place is that there's there's two sides to this one is that the scientific community can't get a significant answer that they like and they can stay with so they move around quite a bit and we get updates on a regular basis from whether it's the NRA, the ARA, the CDC, the Ag Department, whomever is involved in this process. And often they contradict each other, which is, and they're fresh that day. Yeah. Right. And uh, that shouldn't be. And then you have our political leaders, uh, both locally and nationally, yeah. that seem to be kind of adrift and at odds with themselves anyway. Right. And then you've got this just other political... Or have their own agenda that they're trying to agenda. push. You've got this yeah. other faction yeah. that, you know, it, whether it's the right or left or somewhere else, it is very polarized politically. And I think that, frankly, we deserve better as a people than yeah. all this yeah. crap taking place. So we're making a change here because we've been open now for three weeks legally since uh, the city opened up again. And um, we have a disproportionate number of people, as you always do, from Chicago Marketplace for tours that otherwise you don't see in Milwaukee, right? Right. So a lot of them have been asking about masks, and we get these, these emails and calls on a daily basis. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? So um, I, I published today that as of today, we are going to have our, our tour guides wearing a mask at all times. We limit it to 10 people on the tours. We still have multiple tours. We still do our thing. Uh, but I think that, you know, the... Um, the needs of the many over the wants of the few yeah. kind of concept no. is right yeah. there. So, totally understand. Um, and, and, by the way, I do think that whether it's going to be for the DNC or before the DNC, the city will make a change and mandate everybody in every capacity at all times has to wear a mask. So I just want to get on the front side of that and uh, try to alleviate some concerns, protect our staff, protect our clients as well. Um, sure. And uh, not be the guy just doing something that because I don't want to get you know poked in the nose kind of thing. So I'm trying to find... Some kind of a equilibrium that we can yeah. all work with, and yeah. you know, be better yeah. for I suppose. Right, right. Well, it's nice you have the outside patio too. I mean, it's outdoors. Yeah, you can that that and the rooftop. Yeah, but you know, there's there's something else that we should talk about, kind of because of what you guys do. Is that 
uh, and I've been following this now for four or five days, is that there is a trend taking place in the country where either the people that are the real zealot masters or have whatever other agenda are calling and complaining to police departments or health departments saying, I was at this restaurant and I heard so-and-so behind the bar say that they tested positive for this and the place is still open. So at that point, the health departments of other cities is mandated to go in and shut the place down to everybody is tested and to do whatever, right? So it's kind of a blackmail extortion kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. At, at some point, you know, people are going to have to capitulate and just say, well, we, you know, you know, we got this complaint and until we can find out what's actually going on, we're going to shut down your operation. So uh, you look at a very popular place that's three blocks away from us and they're shut down for two weeks because... Yeah, I they, saw that, yeah. Right, they have a staff member who, I don't know if he tested positive, but somebody proximate to him tested positive, Yeah. which I don't think is the criteria, but... You have to, you know, be on the side of caution, if right. nothing else. But I guess what I'm getting at is that you don't even have to be, you don't have to be found to be, uh, you know, the uh, the person who actually has uh, whatever it is that's contagion or something else. But just merely, if somebody has an agenda against you and you being open and doing yeah. business, they can shut that thing down and you're SOL right. uh, until the process works itself through. Yeah. Which is, is really not the way that America set up, right? Right. Right. So. Well, I think that sort of gets to the whole, you know, your free general freedoms. It's like, it's kind of hard for some people, myself included, to sort of wrap my brain around, okay, the government is telling me I have to go everywhere with a mask on my face. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of, uh, and this is just, when you're in a country as we are, where you are free to go where you want to and do the things that you want to do, and now you put restrictions on them and couple that with the fact that maybe the intentions aren't always so pure about doing it, you know, and so, uh, or you, you suspect that maybe the intentions aren't so pure, it's hard to kind of follow along well, with that. Well, it, it seems to me to be obvious that with the huge spike that's taken place in the last two weeks or so, and it correlates with the number of people that are out protesting unabated days, nights, no masks, no social distancing, and yet the media wants to blame bars and restaurants. It seems like a bit of a stretch right. to me. It's crazy to and, me. And what's going to happen when the schools open up again if they allow kids to come back? Because now you've got kids are Petri dishes anywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. And now, you, now you've got all this other crap from everywhere and every family and every contact. And then you've just got this mass issue taking place. So, yeah. you know, we, we have to kind of get a grip on ourselves at some point. And, uh, and really get a handle and figure out what needs to be done because who can live this way? It's, it's, it, to me, it's as important to have the ability to go out and to socialize, interact with people because we're social creatures. Right. And, you know, have a fine cigar is a cool concept. So you got a mask on, you can't right. smoke the damn cigar, <laughs> right? right? You pull your mask down and take a, <laughs> take a drag of your cigar. So when the Wisconsin Restaurant Association first put together the criteria maybe two or three months ago, they said... Uh, all clients and, and, of course, all staff have to have a mask at all times. So I called them up and say, how do they eat? When we reopen, how then do they eat? Crickets, you know. No it's like, yeah, we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> so that's fine. But, uh, you know, city is supposed to have eliminated straws, too. City Milwaukee yeah. has banned straws. So. But you need a straw because you're not supposed to drink out of a glass, right? So what do you do then? And especially now if you have to have a mask on, you can drink out of a straw, but you can't just drink without a straw. Right. But you certainly can't do this. 
Right. Right. And I don't know how the you know the COVID virus is supposed to be able to stop at a. I'm not making fun of this, but as if it can stop at the city limits because it could not be in West Dallas, Wauwatosa, Shorewood, or the <laughs> other 27 different cities around us. Yeah. But it knows enough to stop and not go to Milwaukee or vice versa. Or it, it's okay to be in Home Depot with 400 other people, but you can't sit in a bar with 50 people. Well, I said the same thing. It was yeah, I found it bizarre. So I, you know, I can go to, to the grocery store without a mask. I can be around exposed fruits and vegetables and so forth like that are sitting out there. I don't need a mask on to go buy food, but I need a mask to go to Menards <laughs> to go buy like a two by four. Yeah, or, you I know, mean, there's just whatever. no. I, I don't think anyone knows. So everybody's throwing spaghetti at the wall right now, and yeah, that's probably part of it too. I just that's a good analogy. I like that spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> I, I don't no, know. It sticks it's, a stun, right? Right. <laughs> it's frustrating. I, I don't know what the answer is there. I guess, and I think you're right. At some point, people just have to have to come to some sort of conclusion as to what we're going to do about this, and um. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not I would, uh, I would bet you uh, dollars to donuts that uh, after this last 4th of July weekend, you wait for another week because the incubation period is either, what, 14 48 days, hours, 72 hours, oh, that, 14 uh, days? A couple of days. Couple yeah. of days Who yeah. knows what it actually is, but yeah. within, uh, within a week or a week and a half, I'm going to bet there's going to be a gazillion more cases, not just because we're testing more people, but a gazillion more cases, right? And uh, I expect that. And yeah. yet it's going to be like this big... I got it's a news event. Yeah, so, and it will be. Well, part of that might be from increased testing too. It, well, know, that's I yeah. think that's most of it. But they won't. <laughs> yeah, what I they mean, won't I mean, show like, like they, they showed today is deaths are down forty percent. Mortality rate is down. Forty percent is what they said. Thirty nine. The 30. antibody test itself has issues, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you read about every day. There's some quirk about something yeah, going on. It's not so very reliable. Yeah. And, and again, that I think is the biggest problem that people have is that we are willing to listen to all the science if the science kind of gets the same page, right? And does something, and we're we're really akimbo. No, because it's all over. The science is all over right now. But again, both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Both sides. Things, you bet. Are, are in my mind kind of fucked up on this. Yeah. Hey, Brianna. I'm sorry, can we have uh, three Blanton doubles, please? Oh, wow. Thank you, dear. Oh, we're celebrating tonight. It's a beautiful day. It we're is alive. a beautiful day. We're here. <laughs> we're here for sure. So if you had a choice, uh, aside from going back to, uh, to Cuba, where would you want to go for your next cigar uh, exposition? Um, well, so I'll say I, I, the, the trip in Honduras was for the Rocky Patel uh, factory, and um, that was actually quite good. I mean, very good, very in depth. They take you through the entire factory. You go out to a field. You go out to a box making factory. Um, really see the whole process from start to finish. Um, I don't know of any other I, research. I guess I don't know of any other company that does something quite that in depth. Um, and it's all included. You stay at a house that's owned by the company, and they have they make the food for you. And there's beer and Rum and sodas that are, you know, water and all included. Thank you, Bree. And uh, uh, thank you, Bob. I, I think that I guess from if if I uh, talk about Cuba, I guess. Thank you. Um, if I go back, or when I go back, I'd like to get out of Havana some and go see fields yeah. and some of the more we of the island. We talked about that. It'd be nice um, to see the whole process from start to finish. Yeah. So in September, of course, everything changes on a daily basis, but in September of this year, we can go back to Cuba. Or Cuba opens up, and of course, sure. Americans can't go anywhere. But we can go back in September. But the, uh, what they announced is that people go to the five outer islands 
they don't want you on the main portion of Cuba itself. Oh. Which is interesting. And I'm sure it'd be a marvelous time. You won't get the cigar plantation portion that. Yeah. You won't get the Havana nightlife and other accoutrements that you see in Havana. But um, I think that would be a real idyllic kind of a oh. romantic thing for you and your wife. That would be fun. There you go. Probably yeah. not so much for me, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. It's beautiful down there. I mean, the beaches... We weren't so much into the beaches as the girls were, but... Because we've seen beaches before. We wanted to do more of the cigar thing. Yeah. They said the beaches were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, just gorgeous. I, I just wanted to kind of just all around Havana. I wanted to see, see Havana. Yeah, I wanted to see It's got a lot of history, and, and it was... Um, yeah, because you can always take your own stand on the beach, but sometimes it's better not to. Well, and, yeah, and I think I think it was interesting. <laughs> it was. I think it was for us, when we went in November of last year, it was an interesting time to go with the uh, what, 450th anniversary. The 500th. Or 500th right, anniversary. 500-year anniversary, uh, yeah. And they like, you know, Havana Marathon, and all these other things were going on, and so... I, Never having been there before, I don't know if it always has that kind of energy, but there definitely was sort of a buzz about Absolutely. the city when we were there. The uh, streets were clean. Uh, I mean, they cleaned up the uh, Havana well. Yeah, King of Spain was coming. Yeah, a bunch of other dignitaries uh, were coming. So. Yeah, so it was a neat time. They were repainting like the Capitol building, and, which I think was built by the U.S. or designed after a U.S. building, wasn't it? Oh. I thought they said something sure. about that. It had a significant a impact upon them, as did Spain. But you know, going back to Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders, 1902, I think, but um, a little before my time. Uh, <laughs> we, we were literally lockstep with them in so many ways for so many years. And of course, once uh, Che and Fidel got uh, got moving, things uh, were different. But a little thing like a bay I, of pigs. I'll say this: though, I was I, what surprised me was. Um, and maybe ignorance plays part. Uh, we didn't come across anybody that was like rude, unhappy. No. Uh, Not know. at all. I mean, everybody was pleasant. We never that felt we, that unsafe. Never felt unsafe. Um, I mean, walking down these streets of old Havana, we never once felt unsafe. But you kind of wonder, coming being coming from capitalist America, where you can kind of set your own destiny a little bit. You know, like I don't know. For me, I, I looked at them and it's sort of like I felt. I don't want to say sorry. That's not the right term, but. Um, you know, nothing gets to them. You know, they don't get the wealth of the of the of the country because no, it's they, a very they, simple they life. Don't, they don't have that. So yeah, they're very well, limited. They, they have Wi-Fi. They have television to some degree, not what we have, but they're very much aware, in my mind at least, of the Western world and yeah. want that. But they also realize that merely thinking I want it isn't going to make it happen. Right, right. Which is different. Yeah. And another thing I noticed about Cuba is that everything is equal, something just more equal, just like Russia used to be. I mean, it's the yeah. same kind of concept, right? Right. Probably everywhere in the world, frankly. Um, but I, I think that the people have a genuine warmth and spirit about them, which probably goes back to Spain, because uh. from my perspective, Cuba is not like anything else in the Caribbean. They are really like part of Europe that just happens to be in this real sunny, cool little thing. Abject poverty, though, is almost like uh, the slums of, of Kingston in some places, yeah. which is terrible. Yeah. And then half a block later, you've got these beautiful restored mansions as well. Yeah. And uh, the rest maybe is kind of like New Orleans, and yet, if you get, you spend enough time there in the wrong places, there is this, I don't want to say aroma that's the wrong word, there's a stench that comes up that is just... <laughs> You know, the, the, the really bad part, and you served in, in battle, there's just yeah. a part of that that you experience yeah. in those conditions that is just there. And um, 
But overall, I think, you know, you've got to look at a marvelous thing. So I got customers who say, like, is there a Ritz there? No, this this is not the place for you. That's, that is not that right. experience. Right, no, no, right. right. So. I agree with you. I think the younger generation has a little more access and more, more understanding of what the outside world, outside of Cuba, outside the island, is experiencing. I don't, you know, how much that is controlled, you don't really know, I, I guess. Not, not being immersed in it all the time, but... Um, I think of you know it was just kind of bizarre. One of the so we we hired a, a tour guide for a day, and uh, I forget her name now. Judith. Yeah, Judith. Um, yeah, that's right. Who actually had gone to school to be a lawyer. She hmm. trained in uh, or went to school in Havana, I think. for yep. for, yep. for law school. Makes much more as a guide, I'm sure. She, that's, that's exactly why she what she That's exactly why she quits. So she says, yep. it, but this thing that, that that stuck with me talking to her, and we were driving around with her in the morning, was. Remember, she she was in, like in school, had the ability to. There was some sort of like uh, a scholarship. Well, it was like a I don't know or if it was an exchange or something. I don't know if it was yeah. an exchange program kind of thing, or whatever. But she was able to go. To, she would have could have been able to go to Mexico mm-hmm. uh, for some sort of schooling, you know, like an exchange program kind of thing or whatever. I don't think it was very long though. I think it was a shorter time. Yeah. Anyway, months, yeah. the Cuban government denied her, and the thing that struck me was that she was just kind of like, oh well, yeah, they said no. You know, she expected them to say no, yeah, and like, they did. And that's such a foreign concept to us. It's like, what do you it mean? It was I, bizarre. What do you mean I can't go to another country to do something? To you better know? myself. And uh, and she said, so she, she said the same thing. She went to law school, did it for like a, a year or two, and then you know wasn't making any money. Realized she could make far more money doing the, the tours, um, and so you know that which is just that's backwards from our country. You know. Yeah. So bizarre, um, and the lady that we rented our Casa Particular from, yeah. remember, she said she can go on vacations to Haiti. Haiti, yeah. In fact, she went there like twice a year to go to it's go get. It's the only place supplies. they allow well, they them can to guarantee go. you'll come back. Exactly, Haiti. <laughs> and that's what she said. That's what she said. So she, were, it sounded like she she could go there to get things she couldn't get in Cuba. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and then so, and they so would she went there. She went like two times a year to to Haiti. To Haiti, that's Beautiful it. Haiti, because yeah. that's all they would allow her to go to. Change of view. Yeah. <laughs> so having these cigars and having the opportunity to be there on that third floor that you were in, uh-huh. in Havana, smoking these cigars, drinking this rum, what's the best part of that cigar that you had? We t- you know, typically think about three parts of cigars. You fire this thing up, the midpoint, and then the finish on this. So, Boy, it's hard. We smoke, we smoke so many up there, and they're all different in their own way. Uh, but, yeah, it... You're right. At some point, you hit that that power band and that thing where you're like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> I seem to remember it usually about halfway. When you get there, it, it's that flavor that you're looking for. And I'm not good with words with wood or, or suede or floral. <laughs> leather. Or, or leather. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not good like that, but it, <laughs> it always seemed to me right when you got to about the middle, you know, they burn slow, they burn cool, and... It hits you at one point, and you're like, ah, this yeah. is what I've been waiting for. You just know, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I remember there was one day, it was during the middle of the day, we were sitting on the roof of the of the, the house there, and uh, it was a Cohiba. I don't remember which one it was now. It was probably like the, the five-pack that we had bought, yeah. I think. And the whole thing was just, from start to finish, was delicious. Yeah. I mean, there, was, there wasn't one bad... The whole thing was just an experience. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like it was, all right, this is getting kind of warmed up it's like no this thing right from the get-go the moment you fired it up yeah to the time you put it down which you didn't want to do it tasted phenomenal it just occurred to me that of all the years i've been smoking cigars and and i love cohibas when they're right 
But the difference is that the cohibas that you get in Cuba are always extraordinary. Yeah. 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 Now, I've had cigars that I've had, I've been given by embassies and, and, you know, those people that have the right connections and hookups and the right things. And there's always one that's just kind of a clinker in there. And I think maybe it is that they just don't travel well. Maybe they, just, you know, maybe. they don't, they don't I, ship well. I would maybe. agree with you. Like well, some wines don't carry well yeah, as well. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'll say this it. about the, uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this with like, uh, the Rock's Patel tour in Honduras. There were so the cigars were included with the tour, and there were certain types of cigars that I smoked down there and I liked, and then I bought them up here when I got back, knowing I liked them down there, and they didn't taste the same. Yeah, they did not taste the same. The, the Cohiba, like you mentioned, when we smoked them down there, there wasn't a better cigar in the whole world yeah. to me. And he brought a couple back, and you're, it was still really good. Don't get me wrong, but you sure. didn't get the same. And I didn't know if it was the experience being down there, or the rum coupled with it, or whatever. But yeah. You lit up a Cohiba down there. There was not a better cigar in the entire world. Yeah, I mean it was. I've noticed crazy. Too, you, you know, like those uh, bespoke types that we bought there. Yeah. They kind of didn't tra- maybe travel well. They didn't either. travel well. Might me. have been fine, but so we found a a, a, a cigar shop um, sort of by accident. Actually. Yeah, connected to a hotel, kind of off the beaten uh, path. Sure. And I bit. forget the name of it. I've actually since since we got back, I looked it up in Cigar Aficionado. That's actually like one of the, like the top ten Hotel uh, National or uh, I think it was. It was a hotel something. In, it was, yeah, but I don't remember the name. Of I remember man. you had to go in, you had to go up some stairs, a, you had to duck a court, down. There was a courtyard in the middle, and like you had to. So Big, we had, beautiful old world kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. it was old. Yeah. Yeah. It was, the show. hotel, they say, it only has like 10 rooms. It's a small oh, okay. hotel. Okay. It's not a big place. Okay. And it's in it's in old, old Havana, and it's toward uh, like the water, toward the port. Okay. Um, but remember, we were walking around on Sunday. And the shop that we were that we were going to go into the other day with or the day before with the uh, the tour guide, she goes, "No, I'm going to take you to this other one." Mm-hmm. Well, we tried to go back to find that one, and it was closed on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and so we stopped at a different one, and we tried asking the lady that was in there about the the one we were trying to find. She goes, "No, but there's the one like two blocks up from here. It was in this hotel, and um, yeah, you had to go. You, you walked, you know." Into the, from the street, and then you walked into a courtyard, and you had to take a right and up the stairs, and you're upstairs. And, you know, you would never know. By the brothel. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> the brothel, maybe. Right. But, I mean, you'd never know it was there if you didn't look for it or know it was there already. Yeah, sure. And it was phenomenal. I mean, there oh. was a, uh, well, I don't know. I'll tell the story, I guess, unless you want to. We walk in there, and one half is a bar, and uh, they had a, uh, a stand, uh, a humidor, standing humidor, it had like six drawers in it or yeah. something like that. And the the worker, one of the workers there, I mean, was wearing a, a path in the floor to go to this humidor. coming and grabbing <laughs> and cigars out of Aaron and I, being the astute observers <laughs> that we are, we're like, what's going on there? And uh, he spoke broken English, yeah, the, the bartender. English. And that was their house blends. And so it, there were each, he pulled out the drawers. He was showing us they had cigars of Bob, any. Size, yeah, shape, you could imagine. different sizes. I mean, from, wanted, from $3 to $12. And of any ring gauge you could imagine. And uh, he's like, these are, these are our house blends. And, uh, I mean, they were clearly, the people that were coming in there knew what they had. Because yeah. they were, you know, we had a coffee at the bar. Um, and yeah. in probably a 20-minute to a half-hour time, he probably walked four or five times yeah. to that, to yeah, that easily, humidor. Easily. So, Grabbing seven or eight out each time. So, you know, we were like, what's going on there? Let's see some of these. So he pulls out the drawers and he's showing us. And, and we found, uh, I'm sort of a Robusto size, uh, generally. It's kind of what I gravitate towards. 
Well, we bought one there, remember, to we, smoke at the we, bar. We bought one. I think we smoked it later that night, though. I don't think we smoked it there. I thought we, were, we had oh, one Maybe we did. I don't there. remember now. Yeah. But, but I don't know. Delicious. Oh. Just, I, I, don't, I don't even know the words to describe it. It was delicious. There and, was a reason everybody was asking for those cigars. Yeah. yeah. So we went back and bought the next day. We actually patronized them for a couple of boxes worth. Yeah. Um, because they were very good to us when we were there. Um, but same deal. Uh, and the ones that I've... I bought 10 or 12 of them. I brought back. Uh, Aaron brought some back also. And you said that some of them didn't burn real well or whatever. When they got so, back. No, um, I had two that it, it so had to be tossed. But maybe you're on something. Maybe the, maybe the travel part of it. I and, think that was it. You know. I, I do know as a, as a cook that there are differences in the atmospheric pressure in different places. Things cook differently. And I would say that even here, where we're relatively stable, but some days there's, a, there's kind of a shift. And it doesn't take much to really... St- really skew what you're cooking because it, you know we did that today with the shark as a matter of fact that same time frame that it would have been perfectly done for my mind uh, and now suddenly I pull it off and you know we're, we're doing the, the video for that and it's like not quite what I wanted it to be sure right sure so off camera I got it back on for a moment now now we got the right thing yeah, yeah. but you know it's there for the right amount of time it's the right heat it's the right everything but Maybe because it's the humidity is higher today. I'm not sure yeah. what it is. I yeah. don't know what the barometric pressure is, but those fluctuations. So maybe that really impacts this because these are natural products. Yeah. And people often forget about that, right? right? Right. One thing that locked us in about that place too is when we walked in there, there were a couple of old guys sitting in there smoking those house blend cigars with a cup of coffee. If you ever want to know where to find the good stuff, <laughs> you find the locals. You find the locals. Yeah. And they are. They were right on the money with those cigars. Well, there might be a few exceptions. I, I tell a story about uh, on my honeymoon a thousand years ago. I'm uh, we're in San Francisco, and uh, we're in Chinatown, and uh, we find the place where you know because I'm observing who gets the most Chinese that's going into the place. Sure. That's the place we want, right? Looks really nice on the outside. The menus are posted. They're in Chinese, but whatever, I'll figure it out, right? Get inside, and my ex-wife is in the loo, right? I'm at the table, and she comes in. She's ashen-faced like this, you know, candle. I'm like, uh, what's wrong? And she says, uh, this place is so authentic. We're squatting on the floor. <laughs> All right, well, we're out of here. <laughs> so sometimes. <laughs> That's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think cigars and cigar shops maybe a little different. Uh, maybe a little. Maybe a little different. Uh, you know, here's situation. something I want to talk about is that uh, lighters, and and I've amassed a lot of lighters over the years. This is uh, one from uh, you know mutual friend Mike, right? Uh-huh. Jet and, uh huh. Jetliner, whatever. That right, is. and just uh, you know Bugatti. Oh, Bugatti, Bugatti. Yeah, 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 Bugattis. So uh, just last week, the the top broke off, kind of a thing, and, and I I rotate them all the time, so I'm sure. not just using one, right? And then it's got this other thing that sometimes <laughs> it lights and it just flares, doesn't go off, and it's whatever, and even when I had my cigar at my retail store, we'd be sending things back all the time. They look real sexy in the yeah. Japanese ones in particular. I'm not going to mention names here, yeah. but you know who I'm talking about, since the sea. And uh, we're sending things back and back and back. It's like, I'm not going to handle these anymore because it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. So you'd, you'd have to wonder at some point with the huge number of people that now smoke cigars since Cigar Aficionado. Why someone just can't get these things right? Right, I know. So yeah, they, they, they do seem to break with some regularity. You know, they, they yeah. do. <laughs> Somebody that does that did get it right was S.T. Dupont. If you want to oh, pay well, three hundred dollars, yeah, three thousand yes. bucks, yeah. yeah, that's gonna work. I agree. Yeah. So you actually jog my memory about something. Speaking of, did, when you were in Cuba hmm? and you were going to these stores to buy cigars, oh, or you, yeah, I know. What you're did you? 
You were you, were you were you at all put off or, or thought it was odd that in Cuba you had to light it with your 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 delicious beautiful you know Cohiba or Monte Cristo or Partagas or whatever you bought with a Bic lighter? They didn't have lighters or even matches to give. Well, they had those little tiny ones. Beating, remember those? matches, some, which actually worked pretty well. Some for the most places part. didn't even have those. Yeah, I, I, like, I try to go with the flow no matter where I am because I, I don't want to be the American kind of guy. I, yeah. I want to you know kind of fit in. But yeah, I was put off every time. I still am. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. just, just, that's just it is what it is, right? I guess I, I, mean, I, I for a country that's just known for cigars, I was a little, I was surprised. It didn't really bother me that much, I suppose. No. But it was, it, it kind of well, surprised me. Like, you, you I'm like this with a big lighter. You think about <laughs> these guys like the four-inch uh, natural matches, right? Okay. And, you know, to my mind, that's all affectation. Or the guys that, that take the cedar and you break it off. I got to yeah. like this first. Yeah. It, it, Come on, maybe that's <laughs> honest to God. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's because they have like you know no good way to light anything over there. They uh, they uh, they use the cedar wrappings to light their. I just it seemed odd to me. I just it could be. You know, maybe I'm a snobby well, we, American. We didn't want know. to bring any lighters with us because they get confiscated. Right, right. So yeah. we went there with no. We kind of expected it not to be an issue. It became an issue at certain points. We couldn't light our cigars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the last time I took down Shaker's matches, uh-huh. wooden matches, and I left a bunch behind, but oh, I good. never had an issue with that. So yeah, I do believe Aaron was repping one of your Shaker oh, shirts out you, on the streets of Atlanta for thank an you. entire day. Yeah. Have to uh, create a new series of those then. Just for that. <laughs> By the way, we have this blend, so we should be uh, tasting this, oh, gentlemen. So uh, yes. cheers! Cheers! And, uh, I've, I've actually been only, tasting mine for a while, just so you know. A special oh, well, case. Why not? <laughs> I, I couldn't wait for you guys. Can't have it evaporate. Oh, that is delicious! Delicious, yeah. Buttery. Oh, delicious. So how many times have you been to Cuba, Bob? Oh, I don't know. More than once. And you're going again in September, or are you going to wait No, till no, no. I, well, who knows? I mean, the world is so cutter fluid. Yeah. Um, not all those times were legal, by the way. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not here to incriminate you. I... <laughs> and how about a lighter? Yeah, I got that, too. Or Bob's got one, whichever. Uh, I agree with you. I, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, why don't I give you my light? <laughs> um, holy cow, that's a torch. Yeah, it is. That is a torch. Uh, you know, with everything going on in the world today, I think that you know more people need to sit down and just chat with a cigar in their hand. That's you like, never see anybody arguing or bickering <laughs> while you're in here. I mean, it's literally it doesn't. That, that's the beauty of cigars, though. They don't care what color you are, what religion you are. It doesn't matter. You've got one thing in common, and that's smoking cigars, and that's yep. what you want to talk about. Yep. That's the beauty of this place. I mean, it's yeah. just, it doesn't matter. Everything is left at the door. We are now all cigar smokers. And you can, for the most part, Shakers is a very uh, agreeable place for sitting around at a table and having a good discussion. People can hear each other. And there's... We pride ourselves on the uh, phenomenal staff that we've had for 30-some-odd years. And, and really, I think, I think the world of my staff, and I think that that... That's why we're still here. Yeah. Because obviously it's not the same staff for 30 years, but because we have a certain a standard, something that we're looking for, the process that we go through with them. But they really seem to like people. Yeah. They like our clients. And customer service is the important thing that we do here. And of all the myriad nonsense that we do here, whether it's the ghost <laughs> tours. No, honestly. I'm honestly right? <laughs> the ghost tours, the store tours, the food, the cigars, the wine, the, the bourbons, whatever else. We've got a lot on the table that they have to be responsible to know, and yet they, you know, they, they rise to it. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I'm sure you must have a certain sense of amount of pride no. that, I mean, 
bar, the bar and restaurant industry is hardly a, an easy one to have longevity in. So well, I'm you're sure right. Who else can say they've been in business for 35 years? Yeah, or 30, you know, however long, right? So been about well, next year it'll be 35. Yeah, right? 35. Yeah. We're almost there. This yeah. year can't get over fast enough. No nope. kidding. <laughs> so 2020 can go by quickly, but. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a hell of a place you've got, Bob. Very yep. Thanks. Very Thanks, Joel. Thank you very much. It's our second um, home. Cuba, since I guess we're really revolving around that today, is that I've long said to you that we should find a way to go down there because you guys hunt. You are major hunters, and you go on specific hunts a couple times a year, right? A, a, above and beyond just the, the deer and the elk and something else, you're, you're going after wild boar. Um, and it wouldn't be cool if we could set something up with the Cuban government, probably not firearms, but you've already done a spear anyway, but maybe bows, Ball maybe something. something. Sure. Or rudimentary firearms, not, you know, not high-powered rifles, but something, enough <laughs> to take down a boar. Uh-huh. But they, they don't have boars. They've got uh, these little... Um, they're smaller. Javelina? Maybe they're they're everywhere. Okay. So maybe thirty to fifty pounds, kind of a thing. Yeah. Tusk, but nothing nothing I like. Think I what think you guys they're javelinas, aren't they? Uh, I'm not sure. Huh. I don't know. But that'll be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. So that or else like bone fishing. Oh, that or fly yeah. fishing, bone fishing. That's there you go. That's great. Yes. Uh, that kind of gets to what I was saying. I'd like to do experience Cuba outside of Havana a little bit to see what the rest of the island is like. And me, I like to get in the rainforest. I I really enjoy rainforests and jungles and. Uh, um, I'd like to go there as well. Yeah, that'd so. be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we scratched. Just, I mean, we've been there once, Aaron and I. I feel like we just scratched the surface of what you can really get into there if you want. If you have a little bit of gumption and and we and, might have a cool thing coming up because we have um, our videographer Patrick is uh, good friends with Raúl, who's a longtime producer for PBS. And, uh, and is Cuban, actually. Oh. He is Cuban. His family's from Cuba. He's been to Cuba a couple times. You've met Raul, actually, right? You, he you, was, you may have. I think Years so. ago at a yeah, dinner. at a dinner. You, you may have. Yeah. yeah. But um, so uh, he is incredibly connected with the intelligentsia side of things, if you will. Oh. And um, I think in September we might have a play to go down there as a group to do some humanitarian thing or something. Oh, we should do that. I mean, I mean as long as it's not September 12th. Well, obviously, you've got a spawn that's uh, getting hooked up, so yeah, right. congratulations <laughs> to you, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> you should set up a, a Shakers uh, trip. Well, I, I tried to set something up with the city of Milwaukee as a sister city, but Milwaukee wasn't necessarily we were, into that at the time, right? So, Really? Um, we, there weren't enough communists in our city? <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, well, uh, I'm, I'm working some angles to see if we can have a play for something, but that would be a blast because then I want to see if we can culturally go do something else above and beyond the norm, and I think that would be a speed. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Ads. I'm in. I'm in. So. Yeah, I'm in. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Anywhere we should uh, finish up? Anything you guys want to talk about? Cigars or booze or something oh, here? Oh, boy. No, we covered mojitos. We covered rum. I think we, yeah. Uh, now have bourbons. We'll have to do this again sometime, yeah. Bob, I think, and talk talk cigars. Thanks, thanks for coming in, and we'll expand this thing. And, and obviously, this is going to be on the uh, the iHeartRadio network as well. So uh, I'm thrilled you guys are here, and I'm glad that you're for the first cigar thing that we're talking about. And right. uh, thanks, thanks for, for having us. And there we are. Thank you. Gentlemen, Thank you. Cheers, cheers, and uh, looking forward cheers. to the next one. Drink to that. Mm-hmm.